This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Thanks for being with us this morning on this Saturday morning. You might not heard or have heard a lot about this story, but it was introduced on Thursday, I believe. Health Minister Adrian Dix introducing the Voluntary Blood Donations Act, and that is legislation that would prohibit paid blood plasma clinics in the province of BC. And in case your reaction to that is, well, I didn't think we had any, that is true. Part of the legislation is to stop any from opening up in the future. Well, this uh, my next guest takes issue with that. David Clement is the Consumer Choice Center North American Affairs Manister, uh, Manager and joins us on the line now. David, thank you so much for taking some time with us this morning. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, what is your concern with the legislation that would prohibit any type of paid-for plasma donation? So the first problem with what Minister Dix has put forward is that banning paid plasma clinics pretty much ensures that British Columbians and Canadians are going to continue to have acute shortages for uh, blood plasma and all of the various uh, treatments that are created from those products. And then the second reason why we oppose what Minister Dix has put forward is that it's hypocritical because uh, our, our Canadian healthcare system, in response to these shortages, actually purchases blood plasma from the United States where donors are paid. And so we're banning paid plasma here at home while importing it from abroad where they pay their donors. And so it doesn't make sense to... To, to ban it here while we pay while we import it from from paid donors south of the border and so th- th- those are our two major uh, critiques of of banning paid paid plasma clinics uh, do you know how much we depend on bringing in plasma from the states about seventy percent of the Canadian supply of blood plasma is from the United States in fact the United States is is for the most part the world's supplier for blood plasma uh, because they're the only country that's self-sufficient in terms of getting enough blood plasma to create all the the, the treatments that that will that rely on uh, on blood plasma and they do pay they pay is it in the states they pay or does it vary state to state on on what they pay for either plasma or or more tri- more typical blood donation so it does what they pay varies um depending on the state uh, but what we do know in canada is that there are provinces where this is legal and uh, so an example would be a province like Saskatchewan or New Brunswick, where uh, donors are actually paid usually between $30 and $50 for uh, what works out to be around an hour of their time. So they're compensated quite well for uh, donating, obviously, what, what our, our healthcare system so desperately needs. Uh, this this was brought forward saying that this legislation announced in BC brings this province online with with other provinces, uh, be the Alberta, Ontario, Quebec, uh, that also have similar laws. So uh, there are provinces then. So it's not just BC being rogue in this case in going ahead no. with this kind of legislation. No, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There are provinces who have uh, made this same mistake, and I mean the biggest problem is is that the more and more like. Each time a province bans paid plasma, uh, the more we rely on American paid plasma. And so it, it's just adding another wrench into an already troubled system. And our recommendation would be to actually go the other way and have, have these provinces allowed, allow for paid plasma clinics so that we can fix our shortage problem. 
Right, because what is the concern that if because you would think that if they brought in compensation and I would like to think that the the only reason people aren't donating, be it blood or plasma, that it's not because it's not compensated. But you would think if it was, that might attract more people. Yes, yes. And actually, that's what we see. We see that. So the, the difference, for, for those who don't know, the difference in terms of donating blood versus donating blood plasma is that donating blood plasma is a little more intrusive in terms of how long it takes. And what allowing for paid plasma does is it just shifts the incentives enough so that someone can take an hour to an hour and a half out of their day in order to, in order to do this good deed. And so uh, we do see that, that slight shift in incentives actually encourages more people to donate, which uh, adds to the, the blood plasma supply. So you're also not also advocating then to have paid blood donation. Yeah, that's that's a, a different discussion. Um, there are some other technical issues that that make that a little different. Um, I would. That's just something that uh, we're not. That's not something we're discussing at this point. Um, but that is obviously the next step in terms of discussing what people can can pay for or what what donations people can be paid for and is the concern as far as you understand it with paid plasma that because on the surface it seems okay if we pay money then more people will donate the supply will increase we won't have to depend on the united states as much but what is the concern uh, for people who are opposed to this so critics will often say that paid plasma is less safe than uh voluntary donation but we know that this isn't true because we rely on paid plasma from the United States. And experts actually disagree when the critics, uh, like critics from an organization like Bloodwatch, uh, will say that it's less safe. But the president of Canadian Blood Services has said that that statement is categorically untrue. And so often critics will, will, will beat the, the safety drum, so to say, um, in terms of paid versus unpaid. Uh, but when push comes to shove, we know, one, we know that it's not less safe because we rely on it from the United States. But two, also the experts disagree and they say that it's just as safe as as voluntary donations. Uh, is one of the other concerns, though, that if private clinics started opening up uh, specifically for the purpose of paid plasma, would that plasma then not go into the public system and not be available for people who depend on it? So that's a common critique that I hear in regards to British Columbia. But that critique only exists because Canadian Blood Services said no when offered uh, blood plasma from Canadian Plasma Resources. And so actually Canadian Plasma Resources, which is the the paid clinics in the provinces that allow it, offered it at a 20% discount to Canadian Blood Services. And for some reason we don't know, they declined the offer and decided to continue to import blood plasma from the United States. And so the, the critique that it doesn't end up in the public system is on, on, on the shoulders of Canadian blood services for saying no for reasons that they haven't made public and we're not quite aware of. And so uh, that, that critique really doesn't um, hold a glass of water when we consider the fact that all Canadian blood services has to do is say yes. Right, because if we take that example then, and there are clinics, the Canadian Plasma Resources Clinic, say in Saskatchewan, they offer to sell the plasma, whatever, the Canadian Blood Services says no, but then they're going to turn around, if there's a shortage, they are going to turn around and purchase it from somewhere else. Exactly. So they said no to to paid plasma from 
Canadian plasma resources and then imported it from uh, American uh, companies and American donors. Is there any benefit then because that, that we or, or do you see why we have this patchwork that example, for an example that Saskatchewan allows this but now BC is joining uh, as we mentioned Ontario, Quebec, Alberta, other provinces in not doing it? So I think the reason why the patchwork exists is just the way in which healthcare is ultimately decided in this country uh, in terms of decentralization and allowing provinces to decide. Um, that's generally a good thing because it allows for some competition between the provinces, but in this case, we see provinces like British Columbia, Ontario, Quebec, Alberta, etc., making this 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 mistake and and increase or, and and feeding the fire of this this shortage problem. Well, it's a, it's an interesting one for sure, and I, I think it hits uh, obviously even a lot closer to home for people who uh, depend on this. Where do you see it going from here? Is it then this legislation is now in BC? I mean, this is to prevent the clinics from setting up in the future, so it seems like it's keeping status quo. Yeah, it's going to keep the status quo, and unfortunately, the status quo is, is shortages and, and importing from the United States. Um, I, I would hope that somebody. Uh, in the BC legislature, has the the uh, the awareness to to point out that it doesn't really make sense to ban something that we're importing anyway. Um, I'm hoping that the ministry uh, or the health minister can can change their tune in terms of wanting to ban these paid clinics because at the end of the day, it just doesn't make any sense to ban these clinics while knowing that we're importing it from the United States. And so the health minister is either ignorant about where the plasma comes from uh, or is being a hypocrite. And I hope that, that at some point that can get resolved. All right, David, we'll have to leave it there. But thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. All right. That is David Clement. He is the Consumer Choice Center North American Affairs Manager. We reached him on the line. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.